Hey, I'm Fred. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ant. And this is Creator Generation. What I've noticed is it's the same formula that I'm using is working on TikTok and YouTube and Reels. Um, I have one video, perfect example. It hit 100 million views on TikTok. Then it hit another 100 million on YouTube. So it did well on both platforms. That same video. All right, Fred, what are we doing this week? This week, we're chatting with Saksham from Saksham Magic, a channel that has exploded in popularity due to YouTube Shorts, racking up over 4 million subscribers. And he's going to chat to us about what he did to make it happen. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Creator Generation. This week, we are joined by Saksham from Saksham Magic. Saksham, welcome. How'd you get into this game? Like, how did you get into creating? Well, I started around 10 years ago now, so I've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, I was I was initially a magician, so I did a lot of stage shows, a lot of talent shows. Um, and then when I was around 14, I asked my parents, I was like, could you please book me a theater hall? I want to do a show. And they were like, okay, so for my birthday, that's what I got. And then I was like, all right, I need to sell tickets. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to start, um, you know, make videos online so I can sell tickets for that show. So that's how it started, right? That's how I had to, in order to get people to sit and watch me, I had to go on social media and create content. Um, and then from then onwards, um, you know, I was on Australia as a talent. I did a lot of stuff on stage, but now I'm predominantly moving to more social media and yeah, TV side of things. So that's kind of how it started. And yeah. So when that. you were 14, you asked your parents if you could be on a, t- on, on a stage show. Yeah, yeah. So we booked like a, um, we booked a Pennant Hills Theatre Hall. So we booked that hall. Um, it cost me like 800 bucks at the time. And, um, and then it was like, all right, well, we need to sell tickets, right? How do we get people? Yeah. And we actually ended up selling 200 tickets. Um, <laughs> bucks each. Wow. I was like... So to, 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 to be like, clear... Now. Yeah. So you actually, it wasn't being part of a show. You basically asked your parents for your own show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. One of my own. Right? One of my poster and everything. So I asked my mate to like make a poster for me. Then we stole lamination sheets from the classroom and we made a lot of posters and put it up everywhere. So yeah, it was a bit of a hustle, but um, yeah. Right. So how old are you now? Uh, I'm 20 now. <laughs> okay. So it hasn't, that wasn't too long ago. We're talking about six years ago, right? So it's been yeah. a, a turbulent and like, Quick rise. Uh, Has it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's been quick. I think it's just been a lot of work. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think you you work very hard. I mean, having known you for you know a little while now, you are you are a, a, a very good creator. You work very hard at what you do, and you, and you hustle well. So. It, it's there, but you know that space of time, the success you've gotten over that period of time has been pretty astronomical. We still want to unpack that a bit there because you have got a, a now a YouTube channel that's over four million subscribers. You're uh, a leader in one of its newest formats, which is shorts, um, and you've done that really well. So that's that's all up for someone so young. That's pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just been like YouTube Shorts has been a, like really big blast for me because um, I started YouTube Shorts around last year. Um, this down like a list of last year, and um, when I when I was doing that platform um, and I started doing Shorts, I was already a TikTok creator prior. So I created so many TikTok content. So I knew like, I knew what short form content feels like on the platform, right? And shorts was super new at the time. Um, and I just started posting on shorts and I actually started posting on shorts before shorts was even a thing. So like, it wasn't actually shorts. They, they didn't even name it. It was just vertical video, which was allowed mm. to be posted. So I actually posted it then. Um, and at the time, I didn't really get much, much viewership. 
Um, but then when they actually did say, oh, we're, we're creating shorts now, all that content, like 100 videos that were vertical, you know, got, I think they got put first on the short shelf. So that really helped me out um, in, that, in that spot. And then from then I started creating even more. I started getting into it. A lot of videos started going viral and I just realized a formula and yeah, kept going on that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. We want to talk about your formula in a second, but first, like, why? Yeah. If shorts wasn't even a thing, why? Why did you pick it? Why did you want to experiment with it? Um, well, the thing was, like, I don't know why. When I create content, I always think it is like it's a asset that I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be able to monetize right now, but in the next five years, I'll be able to monetize it. So, how I always thought is like, okay, I'm gonna create one video. That video in the future can live on several platforms: Facebook, Snapchat. Instagram, TikTok, whatever the next, you know, platform is. And that's where I'm going to make money, not in the short form. So that's, that's just my vision. So whenever I create TikTok content, I saved all of that with no watermarks, no nothing. So then I can reformat those, utilize those assets for the future. So that's basically how we roll. Yeah. So you basically got into it because it was just another way to get your short form content out there. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Right. Nice. And were you doing anything else before that? Were you creating any other type of content? Yeah, I was doing a lot of um, long-form YouTube content as well at the time, but that just wasn't receiving much success. Um, and hence, you know, I started really going down on TikTok because I started seeing a bit of growth on that. Um, and I was creating a lot of Instagram videos, and I, and I did do some actually um, collaborations with some, um, like, MTV and some stuff for that as well, but it just wasn't like it wasn't crazy growth that I've had on like YouTube or TikTok. Um, but other than that, like I was um, more than a content creator. Like you know, I was more like after Australia's talent, um, I had a lot of opportunities pop up, but you know, COVID happened and it just shut everything down. Which then I had to go on social media, and that's when TikTok and everything kind of rolled out. Hey, Saxon, you mentioned like all these platforms, like all these short form video platforms, right? Like. Yeah. Obviously, TikTok, Shorts, Insta. What's like? Is there a difference for you? Like you, you know, you, you've talked about repurposing and, and rinsing and recycling different content, but have you seen differences in the type of content or the type of things that work or don't work, or is it different audiences? What's going on there? So um, that's a really interesting question. Actually, I have seen some differences, but most of the times, like. What I've noticed is it's the same formula that I'm using is working on TikTok and YouTube and Reels. Um, I have one video, a perfect example. It hit 100 million views on TikTok. Then it hit another 100 million on YouTube. So it did well on both platforms, that wow. same video. So when I was looking at the analytics, and if you look at the analytics of the same videos, they're almost the same when you look at them. So hence, that just showed me that, okay... I can just make sure, like, my formula is right. As long as I'm doing that, uh, it's working on a cross-platform. How long did it take you to nail down that formula that you're talking about? And how did you find it? Um, so, I, like, so this formula thing that I'm talking about, I have, like, this worksheet that I use, and it changes almost every week, all right? Um, before, like, so when I started TikTok, every day I was posting three videos. Um, and by day 50, um, I posted 150 videos and had around 50k uh, followers. It wasn't, you know, crazy or anything. I wasn't making any money. But then day 51, uh, I had a video that hit 20 million like overnight, and I was like, wow. crazy. Um, and then that's where I realized, and I, you know, saw some of the elements. What was in, like I really broke that video down. That one video, I spent like 
a week analyzing that video to like understand like what it, what was in that that really popped. Um, and that I started doing more repetitively and that led to even more growth. But then it comes to a point where you want to show something different. But then so that's when it's like you have to recreate that formula. So hence, it's not like a formula that would work forever, but you can keep tuning it, tuning it, tuning it. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to ask more about your formula. But firstly, you got that 20 million video, right? How Was that your first viral video you ever did? Yes, that was the first viral video. Yeah. And what did you think when that happened? Um, it was it was pretty shocking because I posted it. I wasn't even going to post it. So I shot it, right, with my sister. And I was like, I don't really like this video. And I'm getting tired. This is day 50 of me doing this. I don't like it. Um, and my sister was like, put the soundtrack behind it and just post it. I was like, all right. So I put that soundtrack behind it. And I posted the video. An hour later, it was at like a million, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, a million. We don't. We don't. We, when I was 50k, like I, we don't. A million's very rare, and that's in an hour. It is so rare. The next hour was like 10 million, and I was like, "What's going on? This is this is this is clearly blowing up." And from 50k, I was already at like 70k now. I was like kind of stuck at 50k for a while, but then it, I, I went on 70k, and then like overnight, it was almost 150k the next day. So, yeah, that's what. Yeah pretty shocking what was the video though like what like so the first video was in my kitchen and it was with my sister she had a, a cup and she was pouring juice in it while i was underneath the table um and it looks like there's a hole through the table and i'm like drinking the juice from the bottom and she doesn't realize so that... i've seen this i've seen this video and i've seen it separate to you yeah, so that's what yeah. so we, we created a trend. <laughs> we made a trend at the time, and we had millions of people duetting us with that soundtrack and recreating that video idea. And the reason it went viral was because everyone was doing it, and it yeah. was, and that's, and they were tagging me in it, and they would do, and it was all in that one soundtrack. And that's why I realized, okay, content which can be recreatable with audiences is reaction based, and you know it you know, evoke some sort of like, that's when I was like, okay, these are, these are things that are adding up and it was a loop. And yeah, that's when my formula started to be based on. And yeah, that's right. how it's going to Interesting. So it's so funny. You say like, you know, with that first video that went viral, you didn't like, it's amazing how many creators we talk to and we're like, Hey, how about your first viral video? What do you think about that? They all give you this look. That's like, Oh, I can't believe this was the video that went viral. Like no one's ever super proud of their first viral video. They don't say, Oh, it was the video I worked the hardest on and it did so well. No one ever says that. Um, it's always like, Oh, it was this terrible POS video. I didn't think would do well. And, and now look at it. And it's funny though, how many creators don't realize that what they make can sometimes just strike a chord. Yeah. I mean, for me, like it was definitely a very, you know, I didn't expect it to go that viral for sure. Um, hmm. and I've worked much harder on other video ideas. Like we've literally spent days and days and those videos only get a hundred K views. Um, so, cause you just don't know what works best, but yeah, this hmm. was a perfect example of something that we came up with and yeah, did really well. Do you think of yourself as a YouTuber magician? Like, is that how you see yourself or as a general, like how do you picture what it is you do on YouTube? Uh, I just, I think creator is like the best way. Cause like we do a lot of editing tricks as well. We do a lot of comedy sketches as well. So and on YouTube as well. And, it, and, ha and the idea of magical. So like how I see my channel, it's like magical videos has to be surprising, mm -hmm. has to be fun, has to be engaging. And that's the kind of essence we're going on. We're not trying to trick people. 
We're not trying to do any of that. We're just trying to give them a magical experience online. Have you always been into magic? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've been doing magic you know, for a long time. And I call myself a magician as well because I do a lot of real-life tricks and shows and, um, and hence, yeah. All right. And is that something you want to like expand more on? Like you said, you want to give people a magic experience generally. You do a lot of effects, that kind of thing. But are you keen to push more magic out there or what, what's the overall goal? Um, so like I'm super fascinated with acting as well. So I'm doing a lot of acting classes. I've done some work in acting. Um, and I just, for me, magic, the definition of magic is like changed from what it used to be. It used to be just tricking people and stuff, but now it's like the ability to evoke some form of emotional reaction from a viewing audience. Like that is just beautiful. So I don't like, I don't fully, I can't fully answer that question because I don't know myself at the moment. And look, your channel has grown like so over 4 million subscribers now on YouTube. How have you sort of coped with that change? I mean, it's been a lot of hard work, but it's also been, you know, quick, like you said, it, you know, sometimes those numbers can get very big, very fast. How do you basically position yourself to, to cope and take it to the next level? It's hard. Cause like, you know, when you, when you see so much growth, you're like, Oh, how can we up that? Which is very difficult. Cause it's like, you know, sometimes you can't up it. Sometimes, you know, one month is a bit lower um, but it's for me, it's just like, you know, what I love to do is like perform, you know, and then that's what I get to do. And I've been doing that for so long. And that's just what I want to continue doing. doesn't matter how the numbers are going all the time. So yeah, I don't, sometimes I just don't look at the numbers. And I'm just like, I, I want to create this cause I, I genuinely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But how I see it as, as like how my formula works is like 50% passion, 50% strategy. So 50% of the time I'll be looking at the numbers, looking at the strategy, coming up with the ideas, making sure that it for the algorithm but the other 50 percent is like the creative side of it which is can do whatever it wants and then that's how i can kind of keep that balance um of growth hey just a quick interruption we have the creator generation discord community come hang out with your fellow creators from all over the world we are here to help you grow thrive succeed and connect it's a pretty simple thing just hit the link below look forward to seeing you there I don't want to derail things, but I do want to go back into that, that lead into that first viral video. 50 days, three videos a day. That's a lot of hard work. What was, the, what was that journey like? Why were you doing that? Like, was that deliberate? 50 days, or, or, or how far were you going to go at three videos a day with the results you were getting until... I mean, like, we, we honestly days. went, even though when I went viral, I hit a million, I was still doing three a day. So it wasn't like we stopped at day 50 just because it went viral. We were still doing three a day till a million. Um, and even right now, I'm just working on a few other projects. So that's why I can't always guarantee a three a day. But like we're almost doing um, at least one a day, you know, on the platforms. So hence, it's it's obviously very difficult to do three a day at the time. And But when, you, when you're like in the kind of moment, you don't realize it. You're just like, you just you just pick up a phone and you shoot and you know it's right and you know the formula, you know what kind of people are looking for. But then the good thing about that is now when I do branded collaborations, sometimes they can take me, like it'll take me two seconds to come up with an idea for a brand. And they're like, wow, we love this. And I shoot it for them and they're like, it'll take me like two hours to shoot it and we got it done. And you know, it's great. So it's just the experience which I've built up over the time that has allowed me to kind of do things a lot faster and more efficiently now. And are you doing three a days just because you can? Is that strategic? The reason I did three a day was like one in the morning, one in the midday, one in the evening. All right. That's how I kind of thought of it. Um, it was very random at the time. Where I was like, let's just do three a day. Let's see how it goes. Um, and yeah, so it, yeah, it wasn't really like a create like a formula that I thought from the start, but it was something 
But we kept on like every video we did, we looked at the analytics, we looked what was working and we kept changing each day. So like it wasn't like creating the same videos from start to end. It's always changing. So where does the work for that happen, Saksham? So you're talking about the three videos a day, 50, 50 days or even now, however many you're doing. Do you have one day a week that you dedicate to sitting down and planning? Like what does your workload for that look like? Um, honestly, like it's on like I have like a list of ideas that I like bank. Like, you know, whenever I come up with ideas, I just like yeah. list of ideas that I bank. But sometimes it's just like the 50 day part was every day we would think of three ideas and shoot it. It wasn't like we'd plan it. Yeah, on the day. On the day? On the day, we think of the idea, we shoot it, and we post it on the day. So it wasn't like we planned it a week prior. Whoa. It was every single day. And my sister shot a lot of content, so she got very tired very quick. So then that's why I started you know, getting my, my friends, <laughs> my parents, like every, anyone who can hold a camera. Like just So, yeah. Um, yeah, there was no – we didn't have any planning. We just – on the day and post. And what about now? Same kind of thing? You just feel it out as you go or you have a bit more structure now? Now it, we do. I do like there is a, you know, I, I do spend a lot of time kind of breaking down ideas cause just because I don't have all the time to always, you know, today what if no ideas pop in my head? That just gets difficult, which is rarely the case. Yeah. But, you know, it sometimes happens. Um, we do like maybe one week before we would shoot a lot of content. Like we, got, we booked a studio uh, last month and we shot a ton of content in that studio with a few creators and we're going to upload that content over the next um, month. So mm. we're kind of getting into that kind of area. It's just, yeah, better and easier and more fun. I think listening to what you're saying there, that 50% passion that you mentioned earlier is so important. Otherwise, you probably would have burnt out by now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I would Yeah, I would not be doing this anymore <laughs> if I went to it. You know, the, the short, you sort of outlined this, this new format in content that is doing extremely well and that is the short form space i mean look and it's funny that we call it short form because you know a couple of years ago all youtube content used to be considered short form yeah. and now <laughs> you've got ultra short form which is the new short form and normal youtube content is long form and it's it's a little bit complicated but the new short form you know uh shorts tiktok um those kind of videos there why do you think short form content has grown so much and has become so popular I think it's like biteable, like, you know, everyone can easily just watch it and swipe on it if they don't like it. And then that's, it's that easy for them. You know, it's that energy that you get when you watch that short form content. Um, while long form, you have to really invest a lot of time in it and people attention span is so low. Like, you know, when I create a video now, I'm like the first frame of the video, if that's not me, you know, doing something insane or it's like pr preparing for something crazy. Like for me, the thumbnail for a TikTok video is the first frame of the video. And we make sure that frame is the most amazing looking thing ever because if they don't like that, then they'll just swipe out. Mm -hmm. um, and hence, I think, you know, and it just, it's more, I think a long form is a lot more difficult to produce while short form can be a bit easier. That being said, like even for like a six second video, um, we've almost shot for an entire day um, just wow. because we were trying to edit it. Or we were trying to set up a, we we're going to try to get like a set. Cause we, we shot um, something recently where we like got a lot of balls and we filled up my entire car with balls. And it was like a trick where I'll get like M&Ms and I pour it from an angle and it like goes in the back of the balls. And it was a very complicated shoot. So it took a lot of resets and it was only a five second video, but it, it did go viral, which paid off. But yeah. Wow. Nice. And do you think, though, that this, this new generation of short-form content will outperform long-form content or will there be a home for both of them? 
Um, I think it's already outperformed long form content. Like I think it's already on the high end, like YouTube shorts is popping and TikTok. People are spending so much more time on that. Instagram reels, um, long form content. I feel like people are looking more to go on um, Netflix or stand. That's where they want to watch the long form because then they'll invest in the characters and they'll actually watch the content um, in that extent, like, you know, long format. But I, I honestly think that the long form YouTube style traditional content, I just, I don't know why, I just feel like it, it will die out. Um, and yeah, it's just a random thing in me, but it might die out. It's just, yeah. I, I find that interesting because, you know, we talk to a lot of creators who are in both camps, like the long form YouTube creators and then the ultra short form TikTok and shorts creators. And both of them are very protective of their camps, right? Um, I don't find generally people who are like, oh, I love them both and they both work really well for me. It's just like typically they love one or the other one and, and then they'll all have um, doomish or gloomish things to say about, <laughs> about the other one. But look, you can, see, you can see the value in both sides, you know, the way the audiences interact and the engagement and, and how people like to watch videos has changed a lot. Um, one thing that we do see come up a fair bit is that those longer form creators do tend to point out that they can make more viable career around their long-form content there are more opportunities for um you know advertising for brand deals um that kind of thing and to some extent i guess that's true because the those revenue models are more established but what do you feel like can you build or do you think a lot of creators can build a, a proper career around ultra short form content um that's a very interesting question um it really depends on the creator himself like for me like my goal isn't just tiktoks you know that's not what my goal is um, definitely want to move into long form, but we like long form meaning wise, like maybe Netflix or something bigger of that style yes. and format. Mm. Um, so it, it really depends on the goal of the, the creator itself. I don't think you can just doing long, if you just do short form or just do long form or even do both, I don't think you can be always sustainable. Like I think you'll have to always branch out um, a bit more than that. And uh, that's just for me. Like, you know, I know that I have to branch out yeah, I mean, it is something that you're right. And, and a lot of creators should ideally be looking at, at both spaces. And, and we have, they have told us like, oh, you know, we get different audiences when we try different things. Like, yeah. you know, ultra short form or short form videos at a couple of seconds, you know, we'll get a certain audience that who may not like the slightly longer stuff and, and vice versa. So I think that's why it separates the creators out. And those revenue models are pretty young um, in that short, short form space. So there's a lot of interest there keeping in mind also that barriers to entry to short form content are not as much like a lot more people can do it a yeah. lot faster yeah. and that's what the platforms want they want a lot more people on those platforms but when there's so many people creating content there the yeah. competition is extremely fierce it's right high. yeah it's it, that's why that's why i say like you'll have to you're at a point you'll have to like you know we book a studio now so then our content is matching the quality and it's going up and up as much as we can um, so it's very important to, you know, make sure that that brand is there and it's constantly improving. Um, yeah, but it's very, it's definitely a lot of people are doing it now. So, yeah. Um, Saksham, you know, you actually inspired Matt and I to delve into the world of shorts. I, I didn't realize at first when we were kind of doing the planning for the podcast. And then I remembered that, um, so I fractured my ankle last year and Matt had ankle surgery and neither of us could get up and walk and we couldn't go out and film. And Matt said, we should get into shorts. And he said, you have to watch this great interview. This, this kid, he's a magician, he's doing incredible things. And it was an interview you did with another lady. I think she was an older lady that worked in some kind of fashion thing. 
some ladies' fashion thing. Okay. Um, and the information you shared was so helpful. So we gave it a go, and we had really great success with it. Um, and it was mixed in the sense that our usual audience that loves our long-form stuff, they weren't too happy. They wanted their long-form fix. But it brought yeah, a whole yeah. new group of people to us that probably wouldn't have found us and they oh, ended wow. up subscribing and now they love the long-form content too. So we are definitely going to get back That's into a- shorts, but we did see a big boost in our subscriber numbers. But um, as travel creators, we need to be traveling to be making our shorts. So we're going to give that a, another go when we have some more yeah, overseas trips coming up soon. But yeah, you definitely inspired us and it definitely works. That's amazing to hear, Phoebe. <laughs> really appreciate that. Wow. <laughs> And look, I mean, there you, you know, I've heard you talk at a couple of different events and you have given some really good tips um, because the way they make, the way to do well on shorts or ultra short form content is actually very different to the way you do it on, on the longer form YouTube content, for example. Um, because it's not, a, it's not super easy to go either way. If you do shorts and you've gotten used to that process of creating content, that's pretty specific compared to the longer form stuff, which, which is a bit different. So yeah. based on that, like, what do you think the big differences are like when you're making shorts, what are the things people need to keep in mind compared to the, the slightly longer forms of YouTube content? Um, well in shorts, the first thing is like, you know, the frame thing I was talking about, the, the thumbnail frame, like for me, you know, on long form, we see a thumbnail on shorts. I see the first frame as a thumbnail and that frame has to be engaging. Um, the second thing is that very instant, like cut it, cut it so short that, the main event, what's happening, that's all we want to know. We don't really care about any other thing. We just want to know the main event um, of the video. But also keeping in mind, like, it's always on brand. So if you do something, if it's completely out of your niche, um, then it can be a bit of a trouble to the algorithm because they don't know where to put it. Um, so for me, um, the thing is we want to give them a magical, surprising experience right at the end. And we want to make sure that that value of proposition that we do is met. Um, and the videos that, that we, we are able to meet, that's the videos that do the best on the platform. Um, and then a lot of the times uh, I do a lot of loops, you know, video loop, it works really, really well. So from the start to the end, and then people rewatch it. And my biggest focus is how can I make people watch that short twice or thrice? You know, that's, that's my biggest thing. Like, I don't really care, um, of any other thing. The one, the one metric I look is how many times did that person watch that video? Um, sometimes it's not even a loop. It's not even a loop sometimes, but for me, I still keep in mind, like someone would want to watch, rewatch this just to see that one moment, um, or that one magic trick one more time. So that, that's my biggest thing. And that's when, you know, that's when you have conversion. That's when, uh, views turn into subscribers. Um, that's the biggest conversion, uh, rate when they watch it again. So you're really dialed into your niche there and what you do with magic, it makes so much sense, right? Like, like you're saying, people want to come back for those moments and they want to watch it to see if they can catch what you did. Do you have, this might be a broad question, but do you have blanket advice? So let's say, I mean, we've got people listening from all different kinds of niches. Um, what's some blanket advice that they can apply to try and find a short formula that works for them based on what they create normally? Um, I would probably say whatever your niche is, look at the creators in that space, um, currently creating what they're creating and see the creators that have done well, right? And look why they've done well and pick up some things from there. That's the first step. Um, the second step is differentiation. Like how can we make it different to what's already out yeah. there? Um, and then post it, right? Uh, th- this is what I call the reformat strategy. You look at a creator who's done really, really well, um, 
change it up completely. Uh, that's how you differentiate yourself and then post. So mm. that would probably work um, with most uh, online creators out there. Can I ask though, how do you stand out when there's so much competition, especially in the ultra short form space where there isn't a lot of barriers to entry and all these people want to get in? How do you stand out? How do you really distinctly stand out? Um, so wherever we go, we wear the red S. <laughs> this is just a branding, you know, casual branding. We always, so most of my videos would have that. Most of my videos would have very uh, props that my audience is familiar with, like playing cards, donuts, or food because they know like a lot of my food magic. So it's a very, the style of magic we do is also very different to a lot of the other uh, magicians, you could even say. Um, it's very organic, upbeat, then and there. It could be literally me, my sister. That experience that we're providing to an audience um, is very organic and authentic. And it's just, that's what I feel like differentiates us. And we also do a lot of video editing tricks um, and other things as well in that area. So then people get to see a range of different things and range of magical experiences um, from my channel. So that's that's how we kind of differentiate. Do you think then like this ultra short form space favors that more organic, less polished stage looking content? Like is that like is is that something you're seeing where like it, it can be more air quote authentic? I think authentic is important, but. Like recently we, we shot a, a sequence where we were in studio and we built a studio where it's like a doctor's look, right? And uh, I got one of my friends to play a character of a doctor. I was in the bed with the mask on and he was like, you know, are you okay, Sakshan, what's up? And then I took the mask off and a whole heap of stuff comes out of my mouth. And we, that's the skit we kind of created. But that was shot in a studio with like professional costumes um, pr- properly, but the kind of it was had the same energy that my sister has at home where she's like moving around with the camera, that shakiness. We, we still shot on a phone, but it was just done in a very nicer, bigger environment. Um, so that authenticity, I mean by like the experience that you're providing audience, but it doesn't have to, you know, you can still do it on sets. You, as long as it's organic, natural, and still is with your content that you create. It seems like, you know, building that strategy out is important. And you've obviously learned from the things you've done and you're, and you're building that back into to everything you do does the platform though move too quickly are the interest in what people want move too fast like the trends are moving too fast do you ever feel that um i don't i don't really go on trends so i never you know if the trend's coming up i don't usually go on the trend i would i much believe in um creating them you know creating trends trying to create trends is something that i'm more interested in instead of like hopping on a trend because what i've noticed is um throughout my journey any trend that I've hopped on and try to do something, it's never done as well as when I try to think of my own idea and try to create the trend. So it, the, the platforms are moving very quickly, uh, but I think you know hopping on the trend isn't always the best thing for your channel because sometimes the trend isn't related to your channel. And when you hop on it, it actually does a negative effect than a positive one. Interesting. And how, though, do you set trend? I mean, it's, you, I guess it's pretty easy to say, hey, make the trend yourself, but... How do you go about thinking, well, what is actually going to trend compared to what's not going to trend? It's hard. You know, you, you, you can't, there's no guaranteed answer. Like, oh, this would trend. Like, I can't just say that. Um, but I think for me, it's like, because I've been, you know, creating so much content over the time that I have, sometimes I have an idea like, oh, this should do well. Sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes it's like, okay, we've tried, you know, we've got a little, we've got like a checklist, Right. And we try to, every video we create now, we try to check as many points as we can 
um, that a viral video usually has. And sometimes when we check all of those, the video goes extremely well, but sometimes even though we've checked all those checkpoints, it doesn't do well. So there's no guaranteed answer, but um, when you keep doing something for a long time and you keep trying to push content out there, you're almost guaranteed one to, you're guaranteed to create a trend if you create a thousand videos. That's, that's to say that. That's true. I guess if you do something long enough and you do it with enough practice and, and iteration, eventually you'll stumble on something that works really well. Yeah. Um, and look, speaking of your, your uh, structure or your uh, outline or the things you, the core thing you do to, to have a successful video, can you share, I mean, you've already shared some of those tips, but can you sort of summarize maybe some of the things that creators out there can be doing to make their videos as good as possible in the short form space? Uh, well, the hook, number one, you know, make sure your audience is hooked from the start and have a reason to stay till the end. Uh, second thing is give them a reason to watch that short form again. And this is the only thing, this is the biggest thing that is different to long form because usually when you watch a long form, because it's so long, you don't really want to watch it again. But in short form, people want to see it again. Five second video, sometimes they just see it and they're like, wow, and they, they want to see it a few times to like understand what's going on. So make sure you there's a reason for them to watch it again. Um, and thirdly, I would say um, definitely give them a loop if possible, if that's possible. If you, if you can give them a loop, that would help for the second point. Um, but it's just a, you know, the platform is made in a way that people like loops and they also like questions. So in my, when I put my title, I don't usually say amazing magic trick. I'll, I'll be very specific. Like it'll be a question usually where people would be answering in the comments. Um, it, it isn't always um, a title, which is just, it's not like a clickbait di title that you see on YouTube. It's usually a question. Um, that I'm asking to my audience. So, yeah. What I want to ask is, I want to ask of Phoebe, because Phoebe, with your channel, like Little Grey Box, is obviously very much, um, like when we're talking YouTube, like longer format videos from the short form, longer format, whatever we want to. But like, what do you, like, from a, like pre-being inspired by Sacksham and that interview, what were you guys thinking of shorts? And like, was there a barrier? Were you like, oh, that's for us, that's not for us. How do we do... That like what? What's your like? What's the psychology of a longer form YouTube creator looking at shorts at the moment? <laughs> um, I honestly think the barrier is time for me. I, I I just get to a point where I feel like there are so many platforms, and I have so many things to do for clients, and they all want something on a different platform, right? So some they want the Instagram, so I have to go out and take the photos. They want the long form videos. So much planning goes into them that I think, how can I keep doing everything? So when I saw Saksham's interview, it was more about how can I use what I'm, my time that I've already dedicated to filming these videos to capture shorts within that. And I actually, all those tips that Saksham just listed out, his you know, top few tips there, we applied as many of them as we could. Um, we weren't able to do loops. That's beyond us both mentally. You have a very special skill there. But we were able to do a lot of those things, asking people questions, you know, just taking a second shot of something that we're already filming for an episode and putting those little pieces up. And it, it had a really great impact. It's something we really want to get back into doing. We just haven't done it at the moment because we have time poor. But it, it really is about finding a way to make it work with the content that you already shoot is the best advice I can get if you're going to try and do, if you're going to try and do both the long form and short form. But it is a great way to attract a new audience, that's for sure. <laughs> Hook them in. And in, we only do one episode a week, one long form. It keeps people busy during the rest of the week. They've got lots more of us to consume and they love it. Yeah, cool. And do you guys, like, this is probably for everyone, but does it, do, like, do you think this ultra short form content, does it have to be 
smack you in the face, dopamine hit, or is there space for like a variety of content? Um, I think um, there's space for a variety of content, um, definitely, because I've seen on shorts and TikTok, there's some very peaceful videos. And it's just like, for me, my nature of content is very like, like it's that, yeah. right? <laughs> but when I saw some peaceful as videos, I was like, wait, this is hooking me in. How? You know, at first, first I was like, how? But then it actually does hook you in. So um, like that being said, you know, even though my content's very like high energetic, you know, all that side of thing, I do feel that uh, I've seen a lot of creators do very well with that peaceful content. Like I, I randomly on my, on my For You page, I just had some random person come up say, I hope you're having an amazing day. I just want to know you're an amazing person. Like that was such a cool message, you know, and it was so peaceful and very kind. And it literally went for the whole, you know, I watched the whole video. So, and that's the thing. I, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, "Oh, this ultra short form content is like it's meant to be music and dancing and really high action." And it's not that. It's not that at all. I mean, the people used to say that of YouTube videos. Oh, it's just you know kids being silly, but it's not. It's so much more. Um, and as these models develop and the formats develop around short form content or ultra short form content, the content you're seeing is so interesting and it's so varied and. Sometimes you can't even believe you're watching something that's under a minute because all that impact you get, right? There's so much value in those videos. You're like, wow, that was insane. Like people packed that much interest and value into a little package and it's just so engaging. And, you know, I even read the other day, like um, platforms like Shorts and and TikTok are really great for podcasts now because people can get these excerpts and just really enjoy all the highlights and this one hit. And that's what's promoting it more than, you know, the actual core bit of YouTube itself. I think what you said there, Fred, is great too. It's about value. There's space for everybody. There's space for, you know, obviously Sakshem's high energy, you know, super entertaining, big, bold videos. And then that, I don't know, really peaceful cottage core that people are into at the moment as well. You watch different people for different things and different times of your life and, and different days. Yeah, do you know, do you, do you watch um, Sakshem? You might watch him Old Time Hawkey on oh, TikTok. Do that guy? Watch. He, what does he say? Well, hello, buddy. I haven't seen him. Wait, did did you did you say cottage? Did you say cottage porn? Core, 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 right? cottage core. <laughs> no, uh, I said cottage core. <laughs> I was like, That's... "What are you? Stop what is that. this? What are you watching?" This is okay. Okay, right. Okay. Cottage, cottage porn is adjacent to cottage core. I'm yeah. bringing some truth bombs to the podcast yeah. today. I, I came across cottage core for the first time recently. It was quite interesting. I was like, what is this? Like, it's a whole new niche that I never knew existed. It's all about like ye old cottage lifestyle, like the clothes yeah. and the, um, the housing, yeah. like setting your house up like a, you know, like a lovely little country cottage. And it's like, yeah, it's a whole subcultural thing that I had no idea. And, yeah. and yep, YouTube brought that to me recently. What do you know? So much, so much to discover. But th- and then this is the really cool part about this ultra short form space is that it is new. I mean, there are a lot of people rushing in, but there are so many opportunities to develop these new formats that engage and hook people in and build audiences around. Right? Like you guys are like pioneering this completely new space um, that you know that people really love. Coming back to, I'll ask this question as well because we get a, I get this a, a, a lot. What do you think would be a better platform for it, like Shorts or TikTok? Uh, I think the more platforms, the merrier. So <laughs> let's just hope that there's more short form coming up so we can put that content there. All right. I, I don't, I don't want to go down on one platform. I think the more platforms for creators, the better it is for them um, in terms of the monetization 
aspect because then there's competition, right? TikTok wants to be better than YouTube. YouTube wants to be better than Instagram. Instagram wants to be better than the next platform. So yeah, I think the more platforms, the merrier. And do you find that the audiences are different on the different platforms? Um, I mean, I think they're very similar, like YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok specifically. Like, like I said, the analytics is almost the same on my videos. So I assume that there are similar audiences there. Hey, um, I'm, I'm going to go off topic if that are right, Frederica and Phoebe. It's actually, you don't get a say in this one. As long as it's not about cycling, if it's not about if it's if it's about cycling, we don't want to hear it. If we, well, my if favorite it's about cycling magic, short yes, form. Really don't cool. want to hear it. Uh, yeah. Not about magic, but it is about Sakshan and advice in short form. Like I'm like, well, we, this is a great opportunity. We have like a leading mind in in ultra short form online content. Like I think we should get direct advice for for yes. what we could be doing. Fred, you and me, Phoebe, create a generation, like. Saksham has no prior warning for this, but for for our, our podcast and for you know our content generally is you know helping to share stories of the best creators and most interesting minds in the online video space. What what could we be doing? Like, let's use a live case study. Teach us how to dougie. Saksham, teach us um, how to dougie. I mean, I I think like I don't fully know the entire branding of you know this specific podcast, but. I would definitely say uh, the way you could like differentiate from all the other podcasts out there would be, um, you know, those funny clips and moments that happen during these conversations. Uh, definitely record them. It's going to take a lot of time, you know, um, to put them together, make it entertaining. Uh, but yeah, definitely post them on Shorts and TikTok, um, and make sure you link your podcast in the the comment section and pin it to the top, because I can guarantee you, once you have one viral video. Right, that comment, I've seen it. It gets a million likes, and you're gonna get a million hit clicks there, and that's the most beautiful thing. Um, And you know, that's something I would definitely recommend. That's cool. um, That's good advice. And I and I guarantee what the clip we're gonna put up is gonna that's great advice. Kill it as one where we're all frozen on screen or something like that, and we're all like, (laughs) people like, yes, this is it. Yeah, we got it. And I'm sure the editors who are listening to this right now listen to like that advice, but it's going to take a lot of time and they're thinking, oh God, another thing we got to do. (laughs) We got to extract more stuff. Thank you, editors. And should we be then, I guess, posting three a day for 50 days and wait for our next first 20 mil to to pop on day 51? Yes, go for it. I mean, if you can do that, like that's what I would recommend, but I know it's not sustainable for everyone Um, and it can be very daunting so you know health first but if you, if you can do that definitely that's the way to go um yeah. it, it feels very much like it's it's a you know if you can ride the wave of creativity day in day out without burning out like finding it that 50 percent strategy passion and and it's like it rewards the brave to just be brave enough to create and go live like you know send it out there right like the that takes some bravery, right? To not sort of... Yeah, I mean, I think like people like when they create a video, they're always like, oh, like we've spent so much time. This is the video, right? For me, when I create a video, even if I've spent a week now, um, I don't really, if it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, that's okay. You know, we've spent some money, that's fine, but that's okay. And I think um, that's like the biggest thing. It's like when you, even if you guys were doing it, um, don't have so much pressure on this. Like, oh, if we don't do it in 50 days, game over. It's actually, I've said it's going to happen. It's not, yeah. you know, it may take you a hundred days. I don't know, maybe take you like two days, you know, 
but it's just don't have that pressure on you like i don't think there's need for that it's just um yeah awesome cool I well like yeah and should we get rid of fred like you know in terms of like <laughs> short form <laughs> is that, that i know that's what you're thinking phoebe you know we, we should get rid of fred right I didn't want to be the one to bring it up. But... If that's what it's going to take, that is what it's going to take. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's not going to bite. Yeah. <laughs> We've actually run out of time, mate, but that was some really interesting advice. I think there's so many cool things happening in this space, yes. and it's really good to talk to you know, one of the people who's doing one of the best creators in the space in the world and get your take on it, but also your advice. And I think it gives some really good actionable tips. I'm actually going to go away and actually think about how we can start putting a, a short strategy into place for uh, creator generation. Epic. Thanks so much, mate. Thank you. Really appreciate your time, guys. Um, it's been great to be here. Create the generation. Look on the mic.